Greetings, honorary Uggs, better known as Hugs. Thank you for downloading another episode of The Ugly Truth. The Uggs have been bringing you their dose of the truth for over three years now, and the show has been steadily growing. Now we're ready to get even bigger. So, if you could do us a solid and share our show on social media with your friends, leave reviews, or give us a thumbs up on your favorite podcast player, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Now, on with the show. It's time for another hilarious episode of The Ugly Truth, starring your favorite sisters with no filters. Here are the Uggs. Jamie. They need blue balls. Paula. Everybody should take their eggs. Uncensored as always, it's time for The Ugly Truth. Welcome to The Ugly Truth. It's episode 151. Guess who's back, everybody? Ugh! Ugh! Yay! Baby sister's back! Woohoo! After a week of the scourge with the fam. Oh my god. Your sick little children. I'm so glad to be back. I can't even tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, they're all basically on the mend, yes? Everybody is on... On or has been on antibiotics. Oh and my goodness. So now everyone has diarrhea. And of course they do. <laughs> Raging yeast infections. But the, in house, the, <laughs> the house has been Lysoled and every blanket pillow has been washed and Good. antibiotics are done. There is no more Dimataps or little cups or thermometers lying around. Oh no my more God. No more dead tissues. No Ugh. more tea bags. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm so sick of all the little sickness things going around. I, well, I, I don't want to make another can of soup again. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I know you haven't had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode. Oh, and by the way, welcome to The Ugly Truth. This is Jamie with my sister Paula. And last weekend, our sister Stephanie sat in so that you could convalesce your sick children. But we were talking about how how much you love being a caretaker oh, yes. <laughs> versus my, being cared for. My favorite. You know, I love she, we all love your children and we know you adore your children. And she's like, yes, well, she may love Olivia very much. And I said, yeah, until Olivia goes, mom. Can you give me some toast, Mom? For the hundredth time. And Paula's God. like, No, no, I can't. Where's my toast? Where's my blanket? You know, she's like, she's looking at herself in the mirror. <laughs> this is coming from the child that she summoned me to the bathroom. She was taking a bath one time. Mm -hmm. She summoned me to the bathroom and she's like, Mom, can you come in here, please? So I go in there thinking, you know, she needs me to wash her hair or she's ready to get out or something. I'm like, What 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 do you need? And she's just like can you put my pajamas in the dryer, please? I want them to be warm when I get out of the bathtub. Oh, God. And I'm like, no, I can't, Olivia. I'm like, there's clothes in the dryer. And she's oh, just God. like, oh, she's like, that's okay. She's like, you could just put them in with those clothes. And I'm just like, no, I can't because those well, clothes are highness. dry. And I'm just like, well, what am I running a day spa here? <laughs> Apparently. And so I'm just like, well, I'm like, what, should I get a towel warmer? And she's like, that'd be nice. And I'm like. You know, actually, that would be nice. But no, we're not getting one of those. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Daryl always says this about the girls in our home as well, is that at some point, you don't know how it happens or when it happens, but you're basically fashioning a very high demand list for their partner in yes. the future. So clearly, you are hoping that Olivia finds a, a, a mate who will cater to her every need. And, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure she'll be great. She's going to have to find her uh, partner. What was that? Cleopatra and Antony? Yes. That's what she reminds me of whenever she gets out of the bathtub and she's walking down the hallway with her little towel <laughs> her, dragging her, down behind her. You mean her cape? Her cape. Her, uh, what do they call those? I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, the well, welcome to thing. The Ugly Truth. Welcome back. I'm so happy you're back. I'm glad to be back. Anyway, um, all right. So... The way that Prince works, the, the artist formerly known as Prince, who now is Prince again, he decides to do shows. He does not tell anybody in advance, the public, I should say. So when a show's coming, you have about, I don't know, three days to decide if you want to go see him. And it's never on a Friday night. It's always on a Sunday or a Wednesday or some bizarre day because the venues in which he would be available 
it's last minute, nothing can be scheduled on those days. So you get these odd days and times of when Prince will show up. Hardcore Prince fans don't care and they'll pay and anything and rearrange their whole lives to go see him perform like producer Dub. Okay. And so he got wind that Prince was coming to Oakland and he was going to be performing at the Paramount Theater, which seats about 3000 people. Really intimate. This was not a full band. This was just a piano and a microphone. That's the name of the that was the name of the show. Prince piano and a microphone. And so uh, he said, my boss wants me wants all of us to try to buy tickets for this because the station isn't getting any and because it's so last minute and exclusive so he had me uh sit on my laptop with his work credit card trying to get into buy tickets because they sell out within minutes and i said all right i'll do it so i'm sitting there and i'm like oh shoot i had had to create an account and do all this stuff so right when i was all set to buy the tickets i had like three seconds to go before the tickets go on sale tickets went on sale i did best available you can only buy four at a time and just like that i got four orchestra seats 300 bucks a piece oh my gosh bottom just like that and i said okay i got four he's like what nobody else in the building was able to buy tickets. I was the only one that got tickets. I said, well, I don't know how that happened, but I have four. And you spent so you $1,200 guys, on tickets? I didn't. The station did. Oh, <laughs> I a, okay. I told you I used Daryl's work. They have a, oh, oh. like work credit cards. So he gave me that. No, hell no. I would never. Anyway, so I said, awesome. Well, his uh, boss was really generous and said, you know what? Because you guys were able to get access, I want you to host clients so that you can go to the show and host some of our best clients. And so Daryl called me and said, guess what? We're going to Prince. (laughs) And I said, okay, when is it? Sunday, 10 o'clock at night. I went, all right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I so that means we had to get a hotel and we were going. And it was so crazy and the one thing i will tell you is that this is my third i think this is my third event in oakland and i gotta tell you i really like oakland i am not kidding i really like it there i love the vibe i love the variety of people and it's just got a really neat it's different than san francisco i it's not at all scary it's really cool Actually, I think it's pretty up and coming. I think they're trying to yeah. turn it around in some aspects. I think, doesn't it butt up against Emeryville? It does. Very close. And we, in fact, we stayed in Emeryville uh, because it's like $400 cheaper a night than staying in the city. And so we Ubered to the theater. The lines were everywhere. But what was neat is how many attractive people there are. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, not just not just men, but men and women. There were some crazies. Because there's those hardcore Prince fans that don't miss anything and they're very unusual. Where they're wearing purple or they're wearing the little symbols and things of that nature. But normal, but they're normal people. But there's just such a variety. And, you know, you realize how diverse Oakland is when you live in Sacramento. Right. Because Sacramento is pretty, I mean, although you people would consider Sacramento diverse, it's pretty Caucasian. It's not real diverse. And so you get to Oakland and you're thinking, I'm looking around going, God, it's like a a Benetton ad down here. I mean, every walk of life is here. It's amazing. Well, I'm guessing people came from everywhere, though. I mean, you guys came from Sacramento. Most people were local because it's Sunday night at 10 o'clock. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't make arrangements in L.A. I mean, I guess you could. But I mean, it's just I think it was really they, they do that. It's meant for people who live there. So we had the client show up. He's the thing with clients like this, when you're talking about this level of client, they have seen it all done. This guy was at the Super Bowl. You know, he this is a person who has been wined and dined by some of the finest people, you know, in the country. So he was excited and it was really nice. But, you know, he like he is so small talked out and I'm so bad at it. You know, so it's like I ask him about where he's, you know, where does he live? Is he married? Does he have kids? And he's giving me the same answer. He gives every other wife who is there to be, you know, part of the client wine and dine. And it was like he was super nice. 
but he he's done this a million times. And so it was like, all right, well, let's just enjoy the show then. You know what I mean? And he wasn't rude or anything like that at all, actually. Right. I think he's probably a super nice person, but this was probably not as much of a thrill for him as it was for others, maybe. But it was it was a thrill for us. We were super stoked. Yeah, well, that's that's cool. I, I'd be excited just for that. It was so fun. And so, of course, I made another poor shoe choice because I was thinking, well, we're taking Uber. We're going to get dropped off right in front. You know, we'll just get our tickets and walk right in and it'll be awesome. But no, there was a show before ours. So that show got let out. So we were all 3000 of us were waiting in line in the street waiting to get into this theater and so I, of course, was wearing my Jessica Simpson shoes that are four and a half inches tall. <laughs> Why do you do that? Because I, I, because I'm a poor planner and I just want to, you know, I just, you know, apparently just refuse to try to think through things. And so they didn't hurt, but they were awkward, you know, because you're in the street and streets well, right. are uneven. It's and there's not like you're walking on tile or, you know, cobblestone, you know, it was not comfortable. And so finally we got in. I was like, oh, thank God, you know, we're just getting in there. And I'm like, we don't have to walk upstairs or anything, do we? Because I mean, I don't want to do this again. He's like, no, no, no. So the, the guy was the guy we were with that we were hosting was really nice. He's like, you know, why don't you take your wife to her chair? because clearly I was struggling and so I went to the sakes I know so I went to the chair and then they got cocktails and whatever and it was funny I told Daryl I said this is the first time I've actually been the third wheel it was really weird you know I don't know if I'm really good at doing the mucky muck wine and dine or maybe the wives don't count you know maybe if he had brought his wife it would be you know we'd be friends or something I don't know I'm not good at this I don't do this it was really really weird but we get there Now, they're very strict. I was telling you before the show, they're very, very strict uh, princes about photos and video. And I think it's twofold. One, like a lot of artists, the idea of you filming and taking pictures and actually not enjoying the actual show is repellent to them. And I can understand that. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's so intent on recording or, you know, historically taking a photo to prove to everyone you were there and how cool you are. It's like that kind of takes away from the whole process of this performance and the show. And it's a very artistic thing to think. Second, he's so particular about his brand and his property and having it just out there for, you know, and not having any control over what it is. I mean, that that I can kind of understand yeah. that. So they said, if you pull your phone out, if you try to take a photo or record anything, we're kicking you out. Don't even ask. Not even a second chance. Yeah. And there must have been four or five people who simply just couldn't help themselves. That's how addicted we are to our technology. Like they probably didn't even realize what they were doing. Exactly. And they got they pulled them out so fast. And I'm like, these are people who paid $300 to be here. Well, it's their own stupid fault. I know. And I'm like, how how bad do you need to hold that square of metal in your hand and prove to people on Instagram that you were there to then lose your ability to see the show? I mean, that is just bullshit. It's ridiculous. To me. And I'm like, and you deserve to be kicked out, by the way. Wow. <laughs> to me. That's crazy. Yeah. And so he came out. And what's funny is... Daryl and I both recognized that there are some very uh, there are some women who are very attracted to Prince and they were all there (laughs) they were all at the show there was a woman behind us who was crying hysterically for almost the entire show what she was so fucking annoying Paula she was standing there and she's like this he would do this (laughs) he would do something like his usual whatever that he does and she'd be all She did that at least 15 times. And she's like, I can't help myself. I can't help it. And it's like, you can't help it, really. You're like 35 years old. Uh, Really? Yes. That's not even old. Like, well, she was like, she's like a teenager. She was like five when Purple Rain came out. Exactly. But she was just, (laughs) she's like, I can't help myself. I don't know why I'm crying. And I'm like, really? You don't know why you're crying? And and you're literally creating a scene right now. Well, I mean, how many cocktails did you have before you came to the show? That might help. She was also with friends. It wasn't like she was alone. There was like four people with her. And they were like, are you all right, Elaine? Why are you doing that? And then, um, (laughs) and then behind her. Now, initially, Daryl was convinced that this person was incredibly intoxicated this man 
Okay. Because he's like, I love you, Prince. And he would sing the words really, really loud. And he was very, just very, it it appeared to be obnoxious. And then I turned around and I turned to Daryl and I said, he's uh, mentally retarded. Oh. And you need to leave him alone. Okay. (laughs) Let's just let him do what he's doing. I think he's intoxicated as well. Oh, so, well, that's, that an is inter- some, that's an interesting combination. That is a new thing for me. I've never seen that. I've never seen someone who has a mental d- delay and intoxicated. You know what? That's actually kind of neat because um, <laughs> it's the neat. last time Victor and I went to the casino, there was a group of um, handicap able folks um, yes. that were gambling. It was it was so cool, actually. Were they ta- being taken advantage of, or were they like no, no, no. They were. There was like five of them, and they were with like a little group. Mm. You know how they have like those. They go on field trips. Yeah, kind of like yeah. a little field trip. So there yes. was like a group of them, and so they were with like a I don't know, like their advisor or something like that, and they were Handler. all at Red Hot Casino and they were gambling. So I with thought money? it was kind of neat, like with real money. <laughs> yeah, it was their money, you know. I- and so, yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool. I've never heard of that, nor have I ever seen an intoxicated person with Down syndrome. It but was, I mean, un- it was, un- it was different. I mean, I wasn't judging. You no, know, hey, I just, we're all I thought it was neat because I'm like, why shouldn't they be able to experience, you know, some of adults, <laughs> you know, why shouldn't they be able to experience what it feels like to lose a week's worth of employment money or no there <laughs> but a, adults you know life choices is what i guess yes. you know yes you're right just like you're drinking right. you know they should be able to you know why can't why can't they go get drunk at a concert i mean like you know who who hasn't done that well yeah. i mean the only thing uh i can say is that it was a new experience and considering how ancient i am um it was something i had never seen before and it was that in itself was a pleasure good for see. you man and he had a great time he had a great time and he good loves purple rain by well the way. let's be honest he probably would have had a great time regardless but <laughs> Exactly. So Prince covered the gamut. He did five encores. Wow, that's a he, lot. He did. He did Purple Rain, obviously, towards the end. Now, I don't know how much you know about Prince personally, Paula, but do you remember Vanity? She's dead now, isn't she? She passed away about a week ago. Oh, okay. um, I thought it was she, a couple months ago. Yeah, I guess. A week no, ago. she passed away. Well, maybe two weeks ago. But it was it was it's been very, very recent. In fact, that was why he did the shows. He was in the Bay Area because she lived and died in Hayward. Oh, okay. And she had a she really died young, though. Didn't, which I thought she was only like 50 or something. Um, no, I think she was in her. She might have been. Eh, she might have been in her late 50s. I, I don't remember exactly. Anyway. She is considered his first protege. Now, you know how Prince always snags these incredibly super hot women and he either has them singing or they perform or or they're, you know, all of them all kind of ended up looking like vanity Uh throughout his career. Okay. So anyway, she's the original protege. Everyone knows it. There was some bad blood because she ended up not being in the movie Purple Rain. And so that was one of the reasons why they kind of split I thought it was uh, because she became like a minister or something. No, actually, she. I think she basically her life, and I don't know the timeline per se, but he ended up using Apollonia for Purple Rain oh, instead that's of Vanity. Right. Yeah, and so there was some there was some drama. She left. Well, she ended up having a pretty significant crack addiction. Oh, she was a hardcore meth addict or something. Uh, she got clean. But she had already done permanent damage to her body. She, she was very unhealthy, even as she was clean. She did uh, find the Lord and became okay. very religious. Okay. Came back home to the Bay Area where she stayed and ultimately passed away from some significant health issues. But well, she Prince, died prematurely, probably because of some poor life choices early on. Very. That is, that gotcha. is absolutely true. Okay. So Prince came to her to her funeral, which is one of the reasons why, because he just came back, came back from Australia. He came to do these two little shows because he was here. So it was about, I would say, maybe 15 minutes into the show starting he sang a song called i love you but i don't trust you anymore it's an it's a mid to older song and he changed the lyrics and basically made it a tribute to to vanity and it was i almost started crying i mean it was beautiful and he's like she's gone she's gone and i'm like 
I mean, it was like he clearly really loved her. And yeah. and so, in fact, I we had heard that her funeral was open initially, but because Prince had come and the congregation knew he was coming to pay his respects, they actually had to close the funeral because a lot of, you know, diehards were trying to go to her funeral. Right. But the thing is, is that even with Prince not coming, Vanity was something and there, I'm sure there were fans who wanted to go pay respects to her. And sure. so they, they closed the funeral. So after he did that, he did a lot of Purple Rain songs, which was great. He cool. did my favorite. He did my favorite, Do Me Baby, which was like, oh, I can't believe it. I like the beautiful it. ones. He did do that one, Paula. That's my favorite. I he, And it was funny when he first started, I went, oh my God, this is my baby, favorite Purple Rain baby, song. Baby. <sighs> yes. And then when he, you get to the part where he's like, do you want me? Yes, I love okay, that part. All these dudes stood up. Like from all over the place. Everybody's standing up and they're pointing at him like all passionate going, because I want you. And I was like, wow, <laughs> people were really getting into it. And there was this one woman who kept standing up and she started like writhing like a snake whenever there was a sexy song on. And I'm thinking there was this woman sitting behind her the whole night. And I'm thinking that poor lady. God. poor lady she finally, got she all turned... sorts of ass in the face that she probably didn't want <laughs> she turned around that the slithering woman finally turned around and kind of like did the point thing to this poor woman and the woman's just like uh, yes yes enjoying the show are you kind of kind of wish she had wiped a little bit more before <laughs> you uh, did all that but yes so there was a lot of that you know a lot of uh you know, white people trying to clap, you know, <laughs> things of that nature. A lot of white man's overbite going on. A lot of that. But <laughs> overall, it was it was fun. And he did every song that we all wanted to hear. It was it was 90 solid minutes, not including encores, which was great. And he is he is just the tiniest human being Of course ever. he is. Does he still wear his little high-heeled boots? Paula, I totally thought of you because I wanted to tell you this. He was wearing, everything he wears is custom. He had wedge sneakers on and they <laughs> they lit up like Skechers, like cute Skechers. Every time what? he would walk, little red, little red lights would go off. And I went, he's wearing Skechers. So his mom could still find him. <laughs> so he could run really fast. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. The Uggs know if you're going to go out in public, it's best that you at least do a lip and a clip. To help out, Paula has your lip and clip tip of the week brought to you by the Ugly Truth Avon store. Here's Paula. Right now, Avon is having a killer deal on their Glimmer Sticks eyeliner, lip liner, and brow liner, and their True Color eyeshadow products. If you order right now, you can pick any three items for just $8.99. That's a screaming deal. I personally use the Glimmer Sticks Black and Brown Eyeliners daily. The True Color Duo eyeshadows make for a very easy and neat combination. Don't miss out on your chance to get three of these great items for just $8.99. Stay pretty, my friends. Get this and tons of other lip and clip favorites from our Avon store at UglyTruth.com shop. And now, once again, here are the Uggs. Well, I'm glad you had a good time because, <laughs> meanwhile, on the uh, at the, back at the Briar Patch, uh, yes. not so good of a time was being had with the rest of the world. Or, well, maybe some people were having a good time, but I get the general consensus: most people who are watching the Oscars were not having such a good time. Uh, yeah, actually, we were driving into the city. And we got to the hotel just in time to see the the final five big awards of the evening. So I had seen who had been winning because I was watching it on Twitter. Did you even get to see like the beginning of the Oscars or not? no? Uh, well, I saw I did see Chris Rock's opening monologue because somebody had posted most of it uh -huh. on Twitter. So I was able to see like snippets as it went. I know there was a lot of awkward laughing. Well, there had to be, but I thought it was funny. But I also am not, you know, a white movie studio owner. So I did. I thought it was funny, you know. Right. I don't know. Did you think it was funny? So here's the thing. I mean, obviously, I expected Chris Rock to address the Oscar so white 
yeah. you know, hashtag thing. Right. I ex- fully expected that to be addressed. What I didn't expect was it to go on for as long as it did. I mean, yes. his opening monologue was like, I want to say like 15 minutes. Yeah. And I looked at the clock and like after 11 minutes, it was still going on mm. the Oscar so white thing. And I was just like, OK, I'm like, this is like getting ridiculous. And it wasn't even that it wasn't even funny. It was like almost uncomfortable. Like, it, right. To the point where I'm just like, this isn't even funny. It's almost became like punishment. I would agree because although it is probably and you and I've actually talked about the whole diversity issue in Hollywood we we as moviegoers and probably even as people who are actors they have no control over this whole diversity issue the whole Oscar so white thing is not in the control of the masses the people that are really responsible for that are people who control the movie houses you know the Universal Studios and the Fox movie studios the people that have the final say the people who write the checks the people who hire the writers to produce the movies whoever decides what movies will be made those are the people that have the problem and it's a very small group of people in my opinion so to punish or to lecture or to try to make make it a point to let everyone know that this is a problem to 80 percent of the people who have no control over it to me was a little i agree was a little excessive all i can think of is because it was a big platform and, and millions and millions and millions of people are watching it but those millions and millions of people are not going to turn around and write their movie studios and say dear mr Weisenberger or whatever that guy's name is. Uh, I think you should hire more minorities. I mean, that's not going to happen. But I but I get that it had to be addressed. Chris Rock has been um, he's very vocal about the racial issues in in where he lives and in his, you know, chosen profession. And so I get it. And he probably felt like he had a responsibility. But I thought he was funny. But what I what I heard was that it was really long and really boring. Well, and the thing is, is it didn't just stop there. It actually, they carried it on, like, during the breaks, like, after the presenters were doing, after, like, people were done presenting, they they would do, like, little snippets of, like, skits and things like that. So, I mean, it oh, was... A, so it was like, that was the theme it of It was the a evening. continuous theme throughout the whole show. And yeah. it was just like, all right, we get it, like, enough already. And so... My whole problem was, is they're going to make this whole show about this whole Oscar so white thing. Right. And basically, they're going to punish everyone. Right. Because of three people who made an issue about, you know, their movies or their acting not getting nominated. See, to me, it's like, I don't really know if I agree with the, the whole Oscar so white thing all the time. I mean, it seems to me I didn't to agree with it at all. It's not like we've never had a woman well, of color Well, and that's what I was going to say, is, is I'm like, it, it, Halle Berry's won. Spike Lee, he got a big award like a year ago. He got one know? this year, too. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's not like it's never happened before. It's not like, right. you know, we haven't broken down those barriers. Sometimes when you're when you're arguing with a person or a child or somebody and you're like, is this really the hill you want to die on? And, you know, and I will say that I think that his monologue did bring up some very valid points. I do think there is racism everywhere. It's just that I'm with you that the people who truly need to hear it and the people that truly need to be convinced that they are being a little too prejudice when it comes to making decisions in that industry were not where they weren't all they were not filling every seat it's a very small amount of people that truly have those and if that's the problem you know the music industry has changed because of that everybody has their own record label or they go independent or they you find a way around it and so to me it's like I don't really know what the resolution is I don't because I'm not in that industry, I don't know what that means. If there is race racism in that industry, I don't know it because I'm just I'm not inside it. You know well, what I'm and saying? Chris Rock said he's all there is racism in Hollywood, and he says and he Probably suggested yes. he suggested that black people have their own category, and I'm just like. Well, that doesn't help anything. That's ridiculous because he says, well, men and women have their own categories in acting. And I'm just yeah, like, that, that's, dicing it up into little groups is kind of counterproductive, in my opinion. My whole point about the whole thing was, is I just, 
I felt like it was such a distraction and it was such a negative overtone to the whole thing. And I was so disappointed that the Academy allowed this theme to carry on through the night because Mm -hmm. I felt like it detracted from the people who were actually winning awards it detracted from their night of success and it their... detracted from Lady Gaga's white pantsuit that she wore yet again. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> she, she's... You know, the thing I'm so relieved though is she's back to being weird and she's A not bit. she's A not bit. trying to be, you know, all serious again. I'm like, yeah. thank God you're letting your tattoo shows right and you're being strange again. Cause when she was trying to be all serious and normal, I was just mm. like, it was driving me crazy. Because I'm like, this is the same lady that wore baloney as a dress. like <laughs> Not even five years ago. Two years ago. And showed up right. in, a, in a pod. I'll, you know what? And I thought of you also when uh, they showed, um, they, they she made it a very valiant effort to prove to everyone that her uh, significant, her fiance is important to her, even though she didn't thank him at the Golden Globes. Lots and lots of photo ops, lots of uh, PDA trying to show everyone i know i forgot to mention my my fiance but he means the world to me oh the one she's been engaged to for two years and yes not set a wedding date exactly right. it was funny when i was watching her going you know i know right now because she's making a stand for sexual assault survivors that's her thing right now right i, I you know it's honorable and it's important for sure um no one's no one's dissing her at all but she's been trotted out at every big event for the last year I mean, she's been at every goddamn event doing yeah, something important. I don't know important. why she's like the it person right now. I don't now. know, but enough with the pantsuits, lady. Like, what are you doing? I mean, this is the second in a row, a white pantsuit that is very thick in the fabric. If she was wearing something flowy, it would probably be better. But well, you got to be thick... careful with those pantsuits. They're just a recipe for Campbell toe. I mean, I just don't understand why we're doing that. And with the cape. I mean, what are we doing? It's like Liberace. This is the second Liberace outfit I've seen her in, and she's so tiny. It's not elongating her body because of the fabric choice. That's the only thing I can think. I'm like, I don't know why it's not working for her because she's a tiny person, and only tiny people can get away with things like that, especially a white pantsuit. This isn't working for her. Something is not right. <laughs> I'm just not really sure what's going on. I don't but... know. I will say, and we, you know, the biggest reason, the only reason that I watched was to see Leonardo DiCaprio win yes. his Oscar, finally. Thank God. I think everybody was so, like relieved to see him win it's like the correct all has finally kicked in i can take a deep breath i can finally flush i think you haven't read like that was like on twitter that was like one of the most tweeted about things leonardo dicaprio winning an oscar i was even given like a free pass at home to scream and like you know cheer like yeah Everybody knew it was coming when they you know, announced. The thing is, is that it, right before she read it, I was like, oh God, what if he doesn't get it? Like, what oh, if he I was thinking get it? the same thing. Like, I already prepared myself for like, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. He's not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sure he was going to win. But then it's like right before her lips start to do the L word on her mouth. I'm like, oh, my God, what if he doesn't get it? No, year? as soon as she did the head slump and smile and I'm just like, oh, oh he I got know. it. I'm he like, I know it. he got it because she's just like, oh, she fine. smiled like yes Leonardo DiCaprio and I was like yeah and God good did he look like so good <sighs> Jamie, he, he looks always so looks good. good always and I mean honestly I mean I know you and I are not alone on this because it was just like fire through the the world of how amazing Leo and Kate are they're like the best of you know what it gosh I have been getting so emotional lately because I cannot stop thinking <laughs> about my high school or like my, not my high school, but my like childhood boyfriend, yeah. high school boyfriend, Stuart. Yeah. Because I, I don't, you know what it is? Ryan has been watching The Wonder Years like religiously. You guys watch that together all the time? Well, and it's basically us growing up. And then plus yes. that new Adele song that came out, um, Hello. I don't know Hello. why. It's just like all of those things it's combined. Me. It's just, it's really <laughs> compressed, like, a lot of feelings for me. And that so, is so funny. Did you cry when he won? No, I didn't. But, I mean, I so watching her and him, I because they're truly just, like, like, these best friends, you know, kind of thing. And I'm just, like, I totally get it, though. You yeah. know, I get yeah. that, you know, being in that person's life and yes. just having that, you know, feeling of, you know, like, I, I'm so, like... 
I'm I'm in it for you, man. Yeah, you like know? they truly love each other. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I had read a little baby article. It was a it was a fluff piece, but it was a little article about a woman who was Leo DiCaprio's assistant for a few years. She had somehow through connections picked up the assistant job for him on a movie set. Um it was in 2002, so it might have been that Howard Hughes movie. Oh, it could have been, yeah. Or something. So she was his assistant on that, and he went ahead and ha- and used her for the following year for another movie, and I it was 2003, whatever that was, and ultimately moved out to LA and was his assistant for a couple of years. She uh, said it's amazing how normal he is. Halloween is his very favorite holiday because he dresses up and goes out, and no one knows who he is, and it's he loves it. He loves being able to go out and not be recognized. It's like his yeah. most favorite thing, and he's very very private. But he's also very uh, warm and he's very engaging. He, She said to this day, he checks on me. He gives me, because she's a writer and a producer now, uh, he calls and gives her advice, career advice. He gives her feedback. He's very personal. He really wants to know you. And I'm thinking, like, he couldn't get any better, really. He's not a douchebag. He's very caring. He's got a wicked sense of humor. Don't you like hear people like this and you're like, why can't I just have you? Like, I just want to have you. Yeah. Right. It's like, like you couldn't. The only thing I can think of is although he has a penchant for the models, which is, you know, we all have our thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm five, I'm five, three and I'm fat. So, I mean, that's, that's a problem. Well, Stephanie and I talked about it. We think we could get him if we really wanted to. (laughs) We discussed it last week. We discussed it. We're like, you want something different? Here you are. We're confident. She's like, I think he might intimidate me a little bit. And I'm like, well, yeah, he might. I mean, but I mean, wouldn't you at least try? I wouldn't give up the option. We've discussed this. You even said you would. Well, I mean, you'd have to. I mean, I don't even think he'd see me. I'm too short. You don't know that. I wouldn't even come to his eye line. I'd have to stand on those like plastic shoes with the goldfish in them. And then I'd have to like paint him to look like the floor so he wouldn't like think that, you know, they were like he would think that I'm actually that tall. <laughs> I don't know why he can't make it work other than I think he has poor choices in women. I think he's afraid to have a real woman because then he would fall in love and settle down and he has other plans. I really think that's what it is. Could be. Because he married, he not marries, he, he stays with these mental lightweights because... They only want to be there because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, he's had two serious relationships, but they didn't Two whole serious relationships? Well, I mean, (laughs) one of them was for like five years, and I think another one was for like four years. So, I mean, that's kind of a long time. That's pretty good for a confirmed bachelor, One was for with Gazelle Bunchton, and then after she was with him, she got with... um, Tom Brady and she married him. And she had a gaggle of kids, which is probably yeah. what she wanted. And-, and then the other one was with Bar Raphael. And then after they broke up, I think she also got married and had a baby. So, yeah, so this is it's a it's a having a children thing, probably. But he's recently come out and said that he is willing to like, you know, not willing, but he now does have a desire to have children. Oh it's just a, it's just a timing thing for him. And the wombs of the world exploded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone's ovaries <laughs> Get just basically reached out and, you know, it's like, hi, Leo, just wanted to congratulate you on your Oscar. How are you? How things? How are things? Grabbed all his sperm by the tail. <laughs> right. Well, uh, congratulations to Leo. We are also thrilled. Obviously, we we yes. are big fans. of You are his biggest fan, but I'm also a huge fan. Because he's just so cute. Let's talk about the UFC really quick. It's this weekend. Yes. And are you getting it? Yes, we're going to order it here because yes. I just, uh, yeah, I, I told Victor, I'm like, it's just, we have to. We just, right. we have to, we have to do it because I know I have my suspicions on where you lie still. I mean, I'm guessing. UFC 196. I'm guessing you're still a Conor McGregor fan. Well, here's the conundrum I'm in. First of all, it's Conor McGregor versus Nick Diaz because, or is it Nate Diaz? It's Nate Diaz. Yeah. The younger brother. Yes. From Modesto, the- California. 209, baby. What, what? No, he's from Stockton. Oh, Stockton. Don't, ever, Sorry. don't confuse the two. They're like um, 20 minutes apart. Doesn't matter. Okay. And the other co-headliner is Holly Holm con- defending her title against Misha the Cupcake Tate. I don't know how they call... Well, I guess she's defending her title, even though yeah. she technically should, should be finding Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey's not ready, she's even not. though she's been doing sports. Well, it, it, and it wasn't... It, it is an auto rematch, but the thing is, is that Ronda is 
I think not. I don't think she'll. I know there's been talk that she will, but there's nothing set. And I don't know if she. It seems to me she's kind of like kind of divorcing herself from the whole MMA world. She's just dragging your feet. Yeah, I don't. And well, I mean, she got knocked the fuck out. I mean, hard. Her teeth were loose. I don't think she'll be ready for a, a year at least. I think she got beat up as much as most people get beat up. And yeah. she just never knew what it it's felt like. It's never happened before, right. She just didn't realize what it felt right. like. But I don't think there's any risk of Holly Holm actually losing her belt, to be honest. I mm-hmm. think she's going to beat up Misha Tate. Misha is the only woman who almost who who actually put Ronda Rousey through three rounds. Yeah. So to me, I think this might be a better fight. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen Misha Tate get knocked out before. Um, she's always been submitted. So it'll be interesting to see how she fights a boxer. Have Holly Holmes and Misha Tate ever fought each other before? No. Okay. No. Misha Tate is my favorite female fighter i totally love ronda rousey but i really love misha tate yeah i always loved her the cupcake is my favorite and, yes. I, and i always rooted for her secretly i wanted her to beat ronda and it just never happened so i'm interested to see how this one goes down what we're going to find out how good she really is against someone else besides ronda who got her who had her number the nate diaz conor mcgregor fight is different because he was a last minute replacement. Right. So whenever that happens. Which I was so disappointed with, to be honest, because I really wanted to see him fight Dos, Dos Anjos. Anjos. Because I think that that would have been a really, really cool fight. What's interesting is a lot of people think it wouldn't have been. A lot of people think McGregor would have just trumped him. I don't, because I think they both fight the same way. They both fight like they're on crack. <laughs> They both are really fast fighters. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they would have both come out like they shot both got shot out of a gun and they would yes. have just been wailing on each other as fast as they could. It's possible. And it would have been crazy. So but I think Diaz has a, a fighting chance because he fights a little faster. Well, I disagree with the Dos Anjos thing. I was glad to see the Diaz replacement. I looked at their uh, stats today, actually. And I was listening to the Joe Rogan. They were breaking down the fight uh, last night on his podcast. And so I was listening to that as well. A lot of people are really looking forward to the Diaz fight uh, with McGregor because this will be the first fighter that McGregor is going against that has the same reach as he does. Because Diaz is so tall and lean. He's a lot taller than McGregor. I saw them side by side. But their reach is exactly the same. Okay. Uh, Actually... Uh, Diaz is, a, I think, an inch long, a, a, an inch fa- farther. Their kicks, now the, their percentage of landing almost is equal, which has never happened before. Okay. So, it, you know, how many powerful punches they land are this almost the same. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, the Diaz brothers, you know, they do lose. There's no question. I mean, they're not yeah. like undefeated or anything, but they are powerful and they are tough. Well, they're Super pretty, yeah, tough. they're pretty they're nasty really, and they can they take are. punches. They- so I'm struggling because one of the things I'm struggling with is McGregor went up a weight class. So I'm not 100% confident that he's going to just tear through this weight class like he did his lower weight class. I don't know. I mean, he yeah. may be fast. But maybe he's not as fast because he's gained 30 pounds. So it'll be and Diaz has always been at this weight. So it'll be really interesting. I really hope it's more than a 20 second fight. I really want it to be a battle. It's just hard to tell because McGregor is just so in tune with his body. That's the thing. And so, I mean, I can't even predict. I mean, my reasoning says that McGregor will win, but I would love it if uh, if Diaz won. I would love Well, I'm actually glad to hear that you're on the Diaz bandwagon a little bit because I know you're usually all Conor McGregor all the time, but... Well, I just admire his prowess. I admire how unusual he is, and I love his shit-talking a lot. But Diaz has... Diaz is hardcore, too. Shit-talker. The press conference that he did with Nate Diaz, he was saying things like, they need to make me my own belt because I'm in my own class. (laughs) Yeah. And he well, says, the is, and then he says, if Jesus Christ was still alive, I'd kick his ass too. The, the, the thing is, though, is that the difference between you and I is that you take everything so seriously. And I see it as a show. It is a show. It is it is a way to rile up the viewers. It's a way to get people curious about this person, because even in his mind, even if he loses, 
everybody will be so glad that he talks shit so they could say you're such an asshole you didn't even know you you got your ass kicked you dick and or he's gonna win and he'll be able to say i told you and it's all for show to me it's all for show it's all the reasons why i hated the diaz brothers when i first started watching the ufc because i thought they were assholes but now i've really changed my mind on the whole concept of how they market this company the ufc loves those personalities because it gets people like you convinced that these guys are dicks and they need to be humbled in the in the cage or yeah. people like me who just love to see the the, the drama play out at the weigh-ins at the press conferences you know the flashy cars the crazy you know john jones is just as arrogant as any of the other ones you know i mean they're all the same you know those those dynamic personalities are what get people really excited you know there's a reason why everyone loves to hate ronda rousey you know there's a reason why everybody hates conor mcgregor or loves him you know it's like that part of it to me is what builds the frenzy to the final showdown in the octagon and i that for that i i look forward to it so we'll i'm sure we'll recap this next week i can't wait The Ugly Truth Podcast will always be free, so we appreciate you supporting the show by shopping on Amazon via our links on UglyTruth.com. Here's Jamie with her Amazon Pick of the Week. Hi, Hugs. Let's talk about Kindle Unlimited on Amazon. It's like Netflix for books. It grants you full access to over a million book titles, thousands of audiobooks on any device where you can download the free Kindle reading app, including your Kindle. And with Kindle narration, you can switch from reading to listening without losing your place. So when you have to get those kids or run to work, you can stay in your story zone. Get your free 30-day trial of Kindle Unlimited by clicking through our website, uglytruth.com. Unlimited reading, unlimited listening, any device. Not like us, actually. You can get this deal and literally anything you could ever want from Amazon and support our show at the same time by visiting uglytruth.com slash shop. Thanks for helping out the truth. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so really quick before we go into a, a brief discussion of in our ugly and awkward moment of the week, I have had a very emotional. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's because we're getting older, Paula. I don't really know, but I've been equally as emotional lately. I was totally pre premenstrual over the weekend because I hadn't quite started my period yet, and I finally watched Pixar's Inside Out. Uh, Jamie, I have been telling you for months now to watch everybody has been telling me for months to see it and so it was the night i literally started my period after i watched that movie (laughs) okay that was a bad idea and daryl and i go oh look inside out just started it was on showtime and i had never seen it and i said oh i'll watch it and daryl goes oh yeah you'll love it and i said you know what i don't know if i should watch this and i covered my mouth he goes why i go because i'm literally gonna start my period like in an hour i can feel it (laughs) like it's brewing it's like a witch's brew i can feel it coming and i said and i'm really emotional and he said well well, it's up to you. And I said, you know what? I'm going to punish myself. Terms of endearment's not on tonight. So let's watch Inside Out. It Paula, can't... I was bawling within 10 minutes. <laughs> I told you. 10 minutes okay, in. I, I didn't cry until she was on the bus. Oh, but... God. I was crying way before that. And I turned to Daryl and I said, is this, am I supposed to be this upset right now? And he goes, like, this is a children's movie. He goes, well, it's, it's very emotional. Daryl was even, by the end of it, and you know, men, when you're with a woman... When your woman is premenstrual, you will get the hormone offshoots. Right. And so men will get emotional as well. And so by the end of it, he was teary eyed. And so I was like, I was sob- ug- like ugly sobbing. I was too, Jamie, ugly when I sobbing. saw it. I turned and I said, what is Joy's problem? Why can't she just let her be sad? Why is this happening? And I was like, I was sobbing, sobbing. And I'm like, Goodbye imaginary elephant i know it was just like ridiculous by bongo or boingo or whatever boing, that boing or whatever his name was i turned to daryl and i said was it like this when you saw it at the movies he goes oh yeah people were crying through the entire movie i was beside myself i don't understand why that movie didn't get more attention only oh, because no. like it is so deep like it is very very intricate and yeah. but I mean it's very I want to say therapeutic in a way because um yeah. 
you can, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from that movie. I agree. And so I think that's probably why I cried so hard when I watched it Mm -hmm. because there was just a lot that I learned. Yes. um, Or, or not learned, but I guess reflected upon when I was watching. It is amazing how important being sad is so you can get to the happy. Right. It was so incredible to re- to watch that. And I after it was over, I turned to Daryl and I said, every single person who wants to be a psychologist should watch this. It's every single one. so important. I mean, it was, just, it, but I just, it was such a fun, but I told you, I told every you. Every parent, every parent should be, that should be required watching in Lamaze classes. Like every parent should watch that movie so they can see what kids go through even though we've all been through it because we've all been children right when you're a parent you don't think of it the same way like encouraging her to be happy all the time you know that clearly was not the way to go well i when i watched it i'm like i in my children's life i'm like i'm joy i'm always trying to make them happy like i never let them be sad i never let them touch anything gross you know or i never you know i'm always just trying to fill them up with little yellow balls you know and they need blue balls (laughs) (laughs) well it's true okay don't touch the yellow balls they'll turn blue you'll root them it was but, so funny. I yes. loved it. So yes, I mean, I'm I'm like two years late to the party on Inside Out, but I right. loved it. But the reason that I wanted to mention it is because you and I had been talking about how emotional we've been lately. I hate it. Well, so I was, Victor and I were sitting on the couch. The kids had already gone to bed. He was watching TV and then all of a sudden he looks over at me and he's like, what is wrong? And I'm sitting there like ugly face staring at my computer and I am sobbing. Uh-oh, and he's kind of like looking at me and he's thinking and I could tell he's got the look on his face like, oh, what did I do? Oh, shit. What did I do? You know, right. like or like, you know, is there something like right. I, I should be knowing about? Like, right. you know, he, he's automatically thinking like he's panicking. What is it like? What What's going on? Whatever it is. I'm sorry. It was a long time ago and I will never do it again. <laughs> right. yeah. I was reading that blog of that country singer couple that I oh my god so she's she's in a she's basically she's not in a coma but she's sleeping she's slipped into a sleep basically but um she told her husband that it was time for her to go to sleep so she wanted to say goodbye to everyone right I know I read that so she said goodbye to everyone she said goodbye to her daughter and um and you're bawling I am sobbing Jamie I am just sobbing and wow. so I which I mean, obviously, that's a legitimate sad thing. Of course it is. So let's go ahead and get into our ugly and awkward moment of the week. OK, so basically mine's just to give you a little backstory to begin with ryan had been out uh, obviously all my children have been sick right so ryan had been out sick the week that report cards were going to be coming out and so he had missed an assignment it was going to be a major part of his grade his teacher didn't communicate it to me and so unfortunately it it didn't get done and so it caused a bad grade on his report card. And right. so I was really angry with her. I sent her a bad email letting her know that I was pretty upset about it. But yeah. there was nothing that could be done. It was already locked in. That was the end of it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of school systems use like a uh, automated tracking system where they send you an email every day letting you know what the homework assignments are and what your student's grade is and everything like that. So... Fast forward to this current week, all the grades have been basically updated to flush because they're all new now. They're starting over. They're started over. And so I get the email and lo and behold, Ryan has two F's and a D. (laughs) And not only that, the assignments that are listed that are causing these are assignments from back in September and October. I thought it was fresh. And so I see this and I'm just like, what the F is going on? So Mm. I send her a scathing email. Oh, dear. And I see the principal on it. Oh, 
<laughs> you put the principle on it. Because I'm sick of it, you know? Okay. And so I'm just like, I don't know what system you use to grade my son, but I'm almost positive that you should not be bringing in assignments from two semesters ago. Right. To, you know, to be bringing down his grade. And I don't know why you would want to. I said, because that really boggles the mind. Right. And I said, my son is a good student. He's very smart. I said, but, you know, these these types of grades are really only, you know, reducing his morale. And I'm just unclear as to what's going on here. And if your inability to remain organized, that's out of my hands. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you need you basically need to get it together because I'm, I'm not going to stand for this is basically what I said. Okay. And so the next day, she asked to speak to me and Ryan after school. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of hoping she would just reply to the email. I didn't actually want to see anyone. <laughs> and so she said, I got your email. And she's like, I, I really apologize. There was a system glitch. It was pulling in all old data. And yeah. so they're working on it right now. And so it should be updating and, uh, you know, all the grades will be flush again. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it was just a, a system glitch. And so I'm like, oh, OK. Well, I'm like, well, thank you for letting me know. I appreciate it. So you ranted for no reason. Basically, there was no there was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing she did. It was. Why didn't she just email you that? Did she want to make sure you felt incredibly uncomfortable and awkward? Oh. No, I think what happened was because of my previous email, I think the principal probably told her you need to get this under control. You need to communicate with this parents because yes. I'm out of my mind, unfortunately. Right. And I keep CCing the principal on all my emails. But well, you're, you're covering your tracks, Miss HR. You're creating a paper trail. You know, and that's what I hate is, is that... Because I don't work anymore and I reread re my emails and I'm like, why do I keep sounding like I'm in business even though I'm not in business anymore? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> I just felt like such a, a shoe because, you know, I'm just well, like, this email, I mean, it had bullet points and everything. Oh, you were you know. serious business. I, I had I had everything outlined. I had everything, you know, it was, it was very lengthy and you know summarized yeah. and yes you know well, all of that stuff know, only to find out that it was a glitch it and was like so. just kidding everyone and she probably was mid-email sending all the parents i know that it said this but i'm i just want you to know there was a glitch in the thing and da -da -da -da. and she started the conversation with i know you're frustrated <laughs> great just like oh god really how could you tell what, so. bu what bullet point number did you think that happened in? So when I told Victor, he started laughing. He's like, ha, ah, system glitch. I'm like, shut up. Oh, I thought that's so funny, isn't it? Okay, so pretty good, especially since your son got to witness the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is very minor compared, considering that it could have gone Hey, I might win this week. You awesome. Might. You know, considering how poorly my shoe choice went at the Prince concert. Didn't trip or fall, nothing. Because they're actually very comfortable shoes. They're just very high. So, you know, and of course, Daryl now, he's just so well in tuned with my awkwardness. He's like, are they going to make you trip or something? And I said, no, they're just really high heels. And so they're not meant to be standing in line for an hour. You know, they're meant to be seen at table service in Vegas or, you know, somewhere sitting somewhere where I can just walk occasionally to the bathroom. Right, like up and, up and down the elevator and then to like to and from the restaurant. Yeah, that, that, that's really what they're meant for. They're not meant for all of this activity. But no, it was great. But the next day we went to the grocery store because we needed stuff for the house. And I've been really lacking in the grocery store department because we are never home it's like we're never home lately so i'm like we have no eggs so i and i'm tired and i'm just a little out of sorts because of you know whatever reason mostly tiredness so i'm standing there now i'm a stickler for checking the eggs because i have the worst luck when i just grab a dozen eggs out of the grocery store, I always have a broken one. Yeah. Never every, fails. Everybody should check their eggs. So I always check the eggs and I don't like the ones when there's like chicken poop on them and stuff. Ew. I've seen those kinds. No, I've never seen Where there's like dirt that. or something on the shell. I just don't like it. So I'm very particular. I No, I always check. I check everything. Yeah. So we're standing there and Daryl's like, okay, I go, no, let me check the eggs. 
So I go to grab, I go to grab the eggs because I'm going to check the eggs. And I promptly put two fingers into two eggs and crack them through <laughs> the little windows on the top of those egg carts. Right. The vents. Yes. Immediately crack two broken eggs and I come out with or with yellow yolk all Gross. over my fingers. I'm like, wow, I really like I really broke those eggs, didn't I? And I'm now I know why there's always broken eggs. Well, did you buy those ones? You know, I felt responsible and I felt like I should, but I did not. <gasps> you didn't? I didn't. I left Jamie. them. Jamie. Oh, please. Please. Saving I bullet point. I would have at least taken them to the register and been like, I broke these eggs and so I'm going <laughs> to buy them. Oh, my God. No. No. You are so bad. Oh, I know. I'm just so horrible. So, no, I did not. I put them down and I said, well. Good luck to the next person, and maybe they won't grab, maybe they'll, you know, that'll teach someone a lesson if they don't check the eggs. And then I checked another oh, dozen. so and you went, somehow thought you were doing a, a, a good deed. Doing a solid. So what'd you do with your little stinky fingers? I wiped them on Daryl's jeans. That's disgusting. <laughs> I know. It's just, hor- we're like the worst humans on the planet. We may not beat our children, but we leave broken eggs. You guys are voting for Trump, too, aren't you? No, my God, no. (laughs) I'm going to give it to you this week because mine was, although I probably taught someone else a lesson, I am going to give it to you this week because you essentially had to be schooled by a teacher. Literally. In front of your kid. Literally. Literally. So congratulations. 10,000 points. Actually, you know what? Stephanie won last week. Did she? She did. I'm going to have to, well, I still have to listen to the show. So yes, well, I'm that's okay. You've out. had a rough week. I, I don't, I didn't expect you to, you know, with bated breath, hit play it's on your iPod as soon been, as possible. It's been a week. It's been, a, it's been a couple of weeks. It so has. It's been crazy. Fortunately, everyone's on the, on the mend. So. Good. Okay. So before we close, I wanted to tell you a little story. You will hear the dramatic story of our mother in uh, this week, last week's episode. A brief recap. For those of you who haven't listened yet, our mom had experienced an emergency landing um, going from Sacramento to Phoenix. She's oh visiting God. visiting her sisters in Florida. She'll be there for almost a, a month or two, a month and a half. Things are not uh, going as planned in Florida right now. Our aunt was supposed to have uh, knee replacement surgery and they found a little bit of a heart issue. So they're like, we can't, we're putting that on hold until we can figure out what's going on with your heart she probably needs like a pacemaker or something she's older than our mother she's Mm -hmm. in her i think she's in her 70s Mm -hmm. so i mean it's not like me or something it's she's considered elderly so they're kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do about her heart before they do this knee replacement surgery and so she's in a lot of pain she just got vicodin for the first time ever Oh. Like she, she never got Vicodin when she was here. And when she moved to Florida, she didn't have Vicodin then. She finally got like a week ago and she's like in heaven. <laughs> I can't believe it took her that long to get Vicodin. That's bizarre. For knee pain. I know, right? So she's about to have knee replacement surgery and she's yes. never had it. Bone on bone, bitches. It is bad. And so it's ridiculous. I know. It's horrible. And I, mean, I don't know. I, you can get that for dental work, for God's sakes. I do. That's for sure. So anyway, yesterday I texted our mother because, and she's just like the worst. You know how we're really bad at returning our mother's phone calls? I know. She She sent me an email like, I think, well, at least I think it was like two weeks ago. I have to still reply. Yeah. She's the worst when it comes to responding to text messages. And a lot of it is because she doesn't know how to use her phone. That, that's probably very true. But yeah. anyway, so I texted her on Tuesday of this week and I said, hey, just wondering how the blood work went, blah, blah, blah. How's, how's aunt doing? And got nothing. And then last night I get a tech, a long text message. Our aunt tripped and fell. The, with the knee? Yeah. And she fell hard and broke her nose. Oh, oh God. I know. She's got two black eyes. And so Is I she said. going to get a nose job? <laughs> well, no, probably not. Because we have the same nose. Well, you do. Yes. No, I don't think that that's that's not happening. Um, but you know me, go- I'll be freaking seventy years old, hoping for that nose. Hoping job. that you trip and fall. Even though I should probably just get it if get I get the hump off. Yeah. So now, um, our aunt. Uh, they have my our mom and and her sister have different fathers. So uh, she is very very tall. 
Yeah. She's like 5'11". Gosh, like, she really was tall. Fall. How did she, Man, that was like timber. All I can think is maybe it was the Vicodin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, gosh, she's not a she clumsy person. She didn't even brace herself. No. And so she fell, broke her nose, which is very scary, by the way. I mean, I don't know how you fall flat on your face and break your nose. I mean, that's really hardcore. Especially from that height. Dang. Right? That's a that's a serious fall. So that'd be like falling off a ladder or something. So anyway, now our mom is like 5'4". Yeah. And, you know, our mom is not the... She's got T-Rex arms like we all do. Pretty and much. so there's nothing she can do. So she had to call 911. For a broken nose? Well, because she had fallen. And so, oh. help, help. So she she called 911. They took her to the emergency room, got her all patched up, gave her I, uh, some more painkillers. I'm like, well, thank awesome. God. Finally, she's on the painkiller train. I mean, my God, when you're struggling with pain at in your 70s, bring it on, man. Give me, give me everything. For God's sake. You should get that with your Medicaid card. Right? It's like, you congratulations. Know? You're 65. Here is your Dilaudid, your yeah, morphine right. drip, and your Vicodin <laughs> for daily use. Right. That's that's really should be the way to go. I mean, if you're gonna go, that would be the great way to go. But anyway, so she she's like, Wow, James, she just can't cut a she can't catch a break. And I'm like, or a fall, apparently. Yeah, right. I mean, my gosh, Actually, she sounds did like catch a break. She, sounds like she cut a cut real a break, good one. Cut a break just fine. I know. So anyway, more adventures in Florida. If you have not listened to episode 150, I encourage it. There's a, a really great story about her mom's hydraulics, uh, the plane uh, that she was on, the hydraulics stopped working. Oh my God. It was horrible. And all I can tell you is this, Paula, and I'm going to encourage you to listen to the, at least listen. It's in the very beginning of the show. Her last thought as she was plummeting to earth was us. So, oh God, I'm going to cry now just thinking about it. I did start crying and it was it was nice to know that at the end of the day, through all of our bullshit, we are still the last ones on her mind, which was very nice to hear. She even stopped texting Paul. (laughs) That's so funny. She's like, you know what? I'm not going to text Paul. So you'll have to listen to it. I encourage you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all. I just wanted to let you know about our, uh, and I'm sure I'll get another story from our mother. She's so funny. She is funny. That Very is funny. so funny. Yes, she is. So all I think right. that's it. Well, yes, I think that's a wrap. So I'm glad everyone was able to uh, listen from our other ugly sister, Stephanie, last week. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we're hoping to have her back again, uh, hopefully sooner than later, to uh, join us for another ugly show. We'll do a threesome. Yeah, threesome. All right. (laughs) So thank you, everybody, for listening. We always appreciate your patronage or your listenership. Thank you also for those of you that have been shopping our Amazon link via our Ugly Truth website. Yeah. If you go to UglyTruth.com, you can click on Ugly Mall, and there's the Amazon page. Links are there. Other than that, we hope you have a good week. We'll talk to you later, friends. Bye. That's a wrap, but make sure to watch your podcast feed for all the screw-ups and edits from this episode and what we call Ugly Cuts, and then we'll have a brand new full episode for you next week. Thanks for listening and sharing the show. See you next time on The Ugly Truth.